South Dakotans, welcome to the Dakota Rustler Show, aiming to keep America, its citizens, and minds free. Now, here's your host, Daryl Root. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Dakota Rustler Show. I am your host, Daryl Root. Thank you, Arabelle, for that intro, and thank you, everybody, for listening in. If you're watching on video, you can see my background has changed a little bit. I had to do a little bit of rearranging in my spare bedroom slash studio. Hopefully, this will not affect the audio and or the video platforms. So, let's get right to it. My main topic today is, will Amazon be your doctor? Other topics include recession, Ukraine grain exports, European wildfires, and more. But before I get to any of that, you can help support this show by visiting dakotarustler.org and clicking on the donation link and or the merchandise link. As Arabelle will tell you during the advertisement break, this helps to pay for the podcast hosting site, the Dakota Rustler website, research and more in addition please subscribe or follow my show on whatever media you listen to i'd appreciate it very much now let's get started with the first half of the show called tidbits what is a recession well for decades it has been described as two successive fiscal quarters in which the GDP has contracted. In other words, the economy shrunk instead of growing. As of Friday, when I wrote this, official numbers for the second quarter have not been released, but the experts, and you know what I think of experts, are estimating either a small growth amount or a small reduction. The Fed Bank of Atlanta is actually going as low as minus 1.9%. Of course, with liberals in control at this period in time, they want us to rethink how it's usually defined. They want us to concentrate on job and wage numbers, both of which are rising. The problem with that, however, is jobs have barely reached pre-pandemic levels and wage increases aren't keeping up with inflation, so it's not as positive as they would like to say. Adjusting for that inflation Spending and disposable income both have dropped in May, and we're still not sure about June, at least not yet. I have already stated that we are most likely in one, which could be a good thing as it could cool inflation rates. The National Bureau of Economic Research defines it as a, quote, a significant decline in economic activity, that is spread across the economy, and that lasts more than a few months. Note the ambiguous words significant and few. On the other hand, a recession has never been declared without a loss of employment. Hopefully the GDP grew in the second quarter, and the last two minutes that I've just been talking has become a moot point. Number two, (coughs) excuse me, World hunger has increased for two years in a row, and predictions are it will make it to three years. And of course, the usual culprit is climate change. And now, of course, the Ukraine war is thrown in for that. 
858 million people, or over 10% of the world's population, were affected by hunger last year. That's a 6% increase over 2020 and a 25% increase over 2019. Amazing how that corresponds with the world's overreaction to COVID, huh? To further make the sense, hunger remained level, or to further make the case, hunger remained level from 2015 through 2019. The increase in the three Fs, food, fuel, and fertilizer, is making food more scarce in sensitive nations. And of course, that is caused by, go ahead, say my favorite word, sanctions. Quite surprisingly, the report also blames $630 billion in support that distorted market prices, failed to reach small farmers, and did not promote nutritious food production. So we actually have some acknowledgement that sanctions are hurting. Most subsidies targeted calorie-rich items such as cereal, sugars, meat, and dairy, rather than fruits and vegetables. Well, duh. When one is starving, calories count. That's why I keep calorie-rich trail mix in my car over winter, in case I break down and I'm stranded in a blizzard for two days. At least I have the calories, you know, for energy. Number three, in a related story, Ukraine, Russia, and Turkey were scheduled to sign a deal last Friday, which supposedly they did as of today, to resume Ukraine's Black Sea grain exports, according to the Turkish president Erdogan. Russia and Ukraine are the world's third and fourth leading exporter of grains. Supposedly, the deal will include joint controls for checking shipments while in harbor. Russia has fears the ships could be used for weapons smuggling. From what I can gather, all three countries will participate in the inspections. Of course, Russia blames sanctions, and we blame Russia. The U.S., in an unusual bout of common sense, is seeking to facilitate Russian food and fertilizer exports by reassuring banks, shipping, and insurance companies dealing with such transactions would not breach U.S. sanctions on Moscow. Number four, the U.S. House votes to protect contraception. While this shouldn't even be necessary, I guess in today's world, with extremists on the right and left, I guess we need it. No government, fed, state, or local should be banning contraception. It's an individual choice that affects no one negatively, barring rare side effects to the person taking it. If conservative states want to ban abortions, which you, which you know is, is my viewpoint, they should be banned, most of them anyway, they had better damn well support the use of contraception, or the rush to back alleys will become a tide. We have far better methods of contraception now, and we should use them, not ban them. I can't imagine any government doing so, but we have lots of idiots out there running the world. Back in the late 70s, when married to my now ex-wife, if the government would have said she wouldn't be permitted contraception, I would have said, wanna bet? 88% of women who don't want to get pregnant use them, and for any Republican not to support such a measure is appalling. We need to protect contraception. 
Some state legislators have introduced bills, but none have passed. And if they do, let me use two words, selective termination. And when I say some state legislators have introduced bills, I mean bills that would actually ban contraception. How idiotic can they get? Some listeners know what I mean when I say selective termination. On the other hand, I don't believe healthcare providers should be forced to cover them. It's cheaper than paying childbirth, so they should cover them. If they do ban them, look for another provider. In related news, the House also voted to protect same-sex and interracial marriage. Again, government should not be involved in marriage. That should be between couples and churches. And if the governments didn't hand out free money every day, marriage rules for benefits would be a moot point. They pretty much only exist so they can hand out and have rules on all their money handouts. Number five, wildfires have been raging across Europe, and once again, the culprit is, you guessed it, climate change. Never mind that I did a podcast, I believe in season one of this show, that 90% of wildfires in the U.S. are started by people on purpose or by accident, not by nature. I would suppose that would hold true for Europe or any other continent also. Be it a downed power line, a campfire not distinguished, a cigarette butt, a spark from an engine, or whatever, Smokey the Bear was right. Only you can prevent forest fires, not climate change rules. The Reuters article I rustled this from was a five-minute read, if you're a slow reader anyway, and not once in the entire article did it mention people start most fires. The whole article was used to blame greenhouse emissions, rising temperatures, and strong winds. Rising temperatures, they claim. I may have to revisit a report I did a few years back, 2018, I believe it was. I've stuck it on my old Facebook page. That based strictly on temperature records, 31 of the 50 states recorded their all-time high temperature from 1880 to 1940, and only 19 did so afterwards. Since 1998, states have recorded all-time highs, but eight states have also recorded all-time lows. That may have changed slightly by now. I'll have to stick that on my list of things to do. Maybe I can research that again and re-edit it. And with that, it's time for a break. Take it away, Arbel. things Dakota Rustler related, please visit dakotarustler.org. The website contains links to media sites, a merchandise store, and a button to donate to the show. Your support helps to pay for expenses of production, as well as research time. Feedback is appreciated, and comments or topic ideas can be sent to the email address listed on the website. Sponsorships are also available if you have a business to promote. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Just a reminder that this podcast can be heard and or seen on Audible, Buzzsprout, Google Podcasts, iHeart, Spotify, and Telegram, and perhaps a few others that I don't know about. Today's main topic is, will Amazon be your next doctor? 
Think of all the things that Amazon knows about you. Many of you shop Amazon and mostly Amazon because, well, let's face it, it's convenient. No need to leave the house. It shows up at your door in just a few days. It's fairly easy to return. You name it. Based on what you buy, they have all sorts of recommendations for other products and even provide one-button reordering of products. As I said, convenience. And on top of that, they also have no reservations about selling your data to anyone who will pay them for it. I, on the other hand, hate Amazon and only use them when I don't believe I will be able to find the product locally or be able to order it on the manufacturer's website. Hence, Amazon is usually my last resort, not my first. Now, imagine handing over all your healthcare information to them. Imagine applying for a job and your hopeful employer has access to your records because, well, your info is out there everywhere for anyone to find. Maybe that future employer decides you're not a health risk worth taking. So they hire someone less qualified because they're healthier. Maybe they discover you're accident prone. Might not be anything serious, but always injured and having to take time off work. Do you think you'll be number one in their list of hires? Why do I bring this up? Because Amazon has agreed to buy primary care provider One Medical for $3.49 billion. That's billion. This expands on their virtual health care by adding a brick and mortar doctor's office for the first time. While One Medical is a small chunk of cheese at this time, Amazon has made it no secret that they want to be a major player in healthcare. Amazon first entered virtual care for its own staff in 2019 before expanding services to other employers a short time later. It also owns PillPack, so if you use them to get your pills, Amazon pretty much knows every ailment which you suffer from already. That's something I only want me and my doctor to know. But hey, most of you couldn't care less about your privacy till it's used against you someday, perhaps in the hiring scenario I mentioned seconds ago. And as I stated on Facebook earlier, you know, you, the government can use your phone to track you and whether you went to an abortion or clinic or not. You know, hey, if you give up your privacy, don't expect to have any. The vice president at Amazon states, we think that healthcare is high on the list of experiences that need reinvention. Well, maybe healthcare does need to be reinvented, but not with Amazon at the helm. At present, One Medical operates in the red and has 767,000 members. As I said, a small player. Teladoc Health, for comparison, has 54 million paying members. But who's to say that Teladoc isn't next on Amazon's hit list of places to buy? While combining virtual care with in-person care is probably a good thing for many people, I'd rather talk directly to my doctor using something us old people call, wait for it, a phone call. You know, the original reason for having a phone? And I sure as hell don't need privacy ignoring Amazon as a go-between. Do any of you remember my healthcare score podcast? Maybe I'll edit it out of the tidbits part of that, or maybe I'll edit the tidbits part out of that episode and re-air it at a future date. 
Eventually, a whole slew of things could be decided by your health score the same way your credit score now dictates a whole lot of things that happen to you, whether you can get good rates on a loan or not. Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar, not a good pick for president, but my favorite Dem in 2020, appears to agree with me, but for different reasons. That I quite honestly can't argue against. She is urging the FTC, which is the Federal Trade Commission, to investigate Amazon's proposed deal, expressing concerns over the implications for health data. She states, quote, Amazon has a history of engaging in business practices that raise serious anti-competitive concerns, including forcing small businesses on its site to buy its logistics services as a condition of preferred platform placement and using the small businesses' non-public data to compete against them, unquote. So again, she realizes it's going to put your healthcare data at risk. While Amazon is not a monopoly, it sure acts like one, and the citizens allow it to do so by making their first stop for everything instead of their last stop. Amazon should not be your first stop, especially with health care. For all you pro-abortionists out there, and I just mentioned this a couple sentences ago, do you want Amazon knowing that you bought that morning after pill or some other controversial controversial medication only to have that information floating out there for anyone to see including governments and conservative states on a ban it how about that medical marijuana prescription you have maybe it's been maybe you have a benign cancer evaluation that someone misinterprets as a malignant case as i stated at the beginning do you want potential employers to know every detail about you especially your health care Or what about an insurance company you're considering checking into? Amazon does not respect privacy, and believing they will do so with your health care is just foolish. An insurance company getting a hold of that information through Amazon could charge you far more than what you should be charged. The deal goes through. Amazon will now have 188 medical offices with sites on hundreds more, maybe even thousands. Since most of the citizens will ignore the obvious, here's some advice just for you people who are listening to this. Eat well, exercise, and do what you can to avoid doctors, especially the ones controlled by Big Brother Amazon. And with that, it's time to call it a podcast. You know the mantra, question authority, and always be free. Thank you for listening to the Dakota Rustler Show, a production of DL Root, Buzzsprout.com, and their affiliates. Any unauthorized use of this show is prohibited. Until next time, have a great day, and don't forget to subscribe.